0: Matthew chapter Five, Matthew chapter five, and we're going to start in verse number one, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, may you open our eyes to see that this sermon on the mouth, though it may be challenging to our hearts. Though it may be controversial to our minds, Lord, that we may see that ultimately this is the call to be conformed into your image. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us, Lord, that if there be someone here this morning who has not ever come to the realization that they are nothing without you, that they have never brought, been brought to the place where they mourn over their sin, that you do the work that only you can do this morning and save the sinner. Lord, I pray that you'll give us understanding this morning what it means to be meek. And lighten our eyes this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been enjoying the study On the Beatitudes, though, we've been covering on Wednesday nights, I decided to move it here to Sunday this morning because it's on my mind and heart. So far, we've covered, blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are they that mourn. It is to say, really, to summarize those verses is, happy is the person who has come to the understanding that they are in desperate need of Jesus, not only for salvation, but happy is the person who's come to the understanding that they are in desperate need of Jesus for their daily supply. Happy is the person who's come to the understanding of their insufficiency. Last week, we added to that thought when we said, blessed are they that mourn blessed or happy is the person who sees the awfulness of sin blessed is the person who views sin the way that God sees sin happy is the person that can see that sin is what hinders their relationship their fellowship with God therefore they mourn over it Now the Lord continues on when he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The word meek comes from the Greek word pros. It means to be of a mild disposition. It means to have a a gentle spirit. Now we've all heard this before, but oftentimes when people seek to explain the word meek they say if you're meek it is power but it's under control to further elaborate on that in this time in greek culture this word was often used when a a person was taming a wild colt the wild colt it had all of this power and all of this strength and all of this energy, but all of this energy was not useful. But after the person would tame the horse, the horse would become cross. It would become meek. Now the horse still had all of this power, it still had all of this strength, it still had all of this energy. But this energy and strength was brought under control, so now it was useful to the one who tamed it. When the Lord says, blessed are the meek, it is to say that blessed are those, happy are those who have been brought under subjection to the Lord. Not that we've lost our identity, not that we've lost our strength, but blessed are those people who have been given over given over their energy to be used by the Lord, blessed are the me. even more it is to say that it is also used during this time when a lion would be tamed for a show. if a lion would be tamed for the show, it still had its ferociousness. it still very much had its nature, but it was pros it was brought to a place of meekness. Now, to understand this, I want to first present this to you culturally. This was a message of great conflict. You know, the Jews during this time, they were were longing to have the Messiah. They were longing for the Messiah to arrive on the scene, and when he arrived on the scene, they believed that he would be the one who would overcome this culture in which they were forced into subject, subjection. They were tired of Greco Rome. They were tired of the authority that was put over them. You know, oftentimes as we read through the New Testament, it is made clear that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, even when they went to crucify the Lord, they couldn't make these decisions on their own. They had to go seek Pilate. They were under the authority Of another. They longed for a Messiah that would match what Rome made of men. Rome made much of men that, you know, the more power and strength you had, that's the more of a man you were. They longed for a Messiah who would come and conquer this um, Roman Empire. Yet, the one whom they followed after, the one who had performed these miracles of feeding the 5,000, the one who had come on the scene and they thought, finally our Messiah has arrived. And now the Lord is telling the multitude, happy is the person who's not a warrior. Happy is the person who's not combative. Happy is the person who's not conspiring in their strength to overtake another Nature or another country, he said, but happy is the person who has, even in their position, yielded themselves over in perfect happiness, understanding that God is in control. This is far from what they wanted to hear in their culture. They wanted a warrior, they wanted a conqueror, and now before them they have this meek man. Now, when we say that it is meek, it doesn't mean that you're weak. When we look at our Lord and Savior and we say, well, he was meek, it's also to say that this doesn't mean that our Lord cowered. He was very much bold. We struggle to preach the gospel to our coworkers. Christ preached the gospel not only to those who surrounded him, but in the face of the enemy. He boldly stood before the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees and and produced the truth of God's word. Not only did he do that, but when he walked into the temple on two different occasions, he would walk into the temple and find them there, uh, polluting the temple, making uh, the house of God a den of thieves. And what did he do? Twice he cleared it out. There is a difference between what the world makes of meekness in what the Lord makes of meekness, but this was countering to their culture. It was not only to, countering to their culture, but it was countering to their character. See, in the Jewish culture, all of these laws and rules that they had come up with, the Jews were so proud of this. They believed that when the Messiah returned, he would praise them for how they attempted falsely to keep all of the Old Testament commandments. They were prideful, yet his sermon says, Blessed are the meek. Illustratively, they understood what this meant. I mean, our first introduction to a meek man in the Old Testament comes to us in the book of Deuteronomy. They understood that very well. In Deuteronomy, the Bible introduces Moses as a meek man. And even a further explanation, when you get into the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 24 through 26, it expounds upon the characteristics of a meek man. It says that he was one who would turn his back on worldly honors. He was one who forsook earthly Riches. He chose the life of being numbered amongst God's people than to be numbered amongst Pharaoh's people. He chose the wilderness over the palace. And even more, in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11, when the Lord appeared to him in the burning bush and said, I want to send you to Pharaoh in Egypt to deliver my people. Moses' first response was, who am I that you would even send? He was a very meek man. But meek doesn't mean, again, that you're just this cowering person. Meekness is understanding whom you serve and leaving it in his hands. David, when he was in the cave of Adullam, he had the power and the ability to slay Saul. Yet, he did not. He had the strength to do this, but he didn't. What did he say in the end? Who am I to stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed? Notice also the coaching from our Lord. Blessed are the meek. We see something that counters the culture then and even more now, but what is the Lord trying to teach us here when he said, blessed are the meek? He said, building upon this thought, happy is the person who realizes they are in desperate need of Christ. Happy is the person who weeps over anything that separates them from Christ. And happy is the person who puts aside their earthly desires to serve Christ. Blessed are the meek. So he's saying to us, happy are those who are of a graceful disposition. When he addresses meek, he addresses our countenance. He's addressing our disposition. Now, this is not about being quiet. That's how we make meek today. We, when someone's quiet or when someone's reserved or when someone's not outspoken, we say, well, they're, they're a very meek person. Look how quiet they are. But that's not what the Lord is addressing here. You may Qualify that as a characteristic of meek. But when the Lord is saying, blessed are the meek, he's saying about someone who has a a lack of pride, a lack of boasting in their will, alas, a lack of promoting I in their life and has found a satisfaction in what God is doing with them. Happy are the ones who have humbled themselves and are satisfied with the direction the Lord has given them. Meekness, though, understand, it is a choice. Meekness, a meek-spirited Christian says, let God do whatever he wants with me. Let him make whatever condition he desires for me, and whatever he chooses, I will submit. Meek, spirited Christians has a behavior of not losing control because he knows who is in control. You see, the erratic behavior, when a Christian behaves erratic and out of control, it is to say we lose control when we lack control Confidence that things are under control. We begin to panic when we feel like we cannot handle things, but we remain meek and understanding that the things that we experience, the reason we're meek is because we understand I can't fix this, but the one I serve can. And I submit that he knows what his desire is to work a greater glory. For God in my life, the meek-spirited Christian does not lose control, but trust in the one who is in control. There is nothing worse. Hear me now. There is nothing worse than a Christian, a believer, who is not satisfied with the direction that God has put their life. Matter of fact, when we think about this, when we think about someone who has arrived at a place of not being satisfied with what God is doing and where God has directed them, the first person that comes to our mind is Jonah. Jonah directed God, or God directed Jonah to go to the Ninevites and preach to the Ninevites, but Jonah lacked meekness. He lacked submitting to God's will. He said, listen, I'm your prophet and I'm your preacher, but I'm going to preach to the people to whom I choose. This is my plan. I'm going to choose to whom I minister to. And even in the end of it all, after God re- works this great revival, Jonah chapter 4 and verse number 9, what does he say? Um, doeth it goodwill or doeth, um, how does he say that? Um Um, did well to be angry, Jonah even unto death. Jonah was so bitter with the direction that God has put in his life that when we read Jonah, we're just unsatisfied with the behavior of this believer. And so it is even more that in each and every one of our lives, when we do not submit to what God has for us, it is, the, it is the same dissatisfying taste that we have upon Jonah that God has upon our life. We can be in service to him, but not of the right spirit. Even more, even more, he says here, We ought to be meek-spirited believers. And when we think about meek-spirited, it is to be a person who is concerned about others before self. And that comes from a time of humbling. Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 through 29 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus here was given an invitation to people who were burdened. He was given an invitation to people who were stressed out. And what he says to them is that, No matter how bad you are struggling, no matter how bad you feel under pressure, one of the reasons you will find comfort when you take my yoke upon you, what does he say? He says, because I am meek and lowly of heart. What that means is that the reason you're going to find rest when you take my yoke upon you is because I am the kind of Lord, I am the kind of Savior, I am the kind of Master who is concerned about your well-being. And so when we take on, as I said, that this is all about us conforming to the image of Christ. So when we have a meek spirit about us, it is a spirit that is concerned about others. Even more, he goes on to say, uh, this is the the call of our passage, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Happy are the people who stop thinking about themselves when they see others hurting, when they see others struggling, when they see other people uh, uh, downtrodden. Blessed is the person who has the kind of spirit that they do not run from these kind of people, but they run to those kinds of people. Listen, it was in the beginning stages of Moses' life, even though he failed in Egypt in how he handled the situation. Is it not interesting that even though Moses slayed a man in Egypt, that the Bible would still go on after that to call him a meek man? You see, meekness is the spirit, even though Moses handled it wrong, Moses still had a meek spirit because when he seen someone else being burdened and beaten and afflicted, it stirred up in his heart to come to their aid. And so it is, that is the spirit of meekness inside of us. This is the spirit that should be inside of us. I mean, I guess that is a question to all of us. We should ask ourselves, do we have a meek spirit? Do we have a spirit that's burdened by others? Do we have the spirit that when we know people are struggling, we go to them? Do we have the kind of spirit when we know someone's cast down, we come alongside them? I find it interesting that in 1 Peter chapter 3 I think it is in verse 3 or 4 that when Peter talks about the spirit of meekness, he says that you should put that on like an ornament. Now we understand, now don't don't crucify me later if you don't do Christmas, but we understand when you bring a Christmas tree into your house that if you don't put ornaments on it, there'll be no ornaments on it. Trees don't come naturally in the woods, decorated, ready to go for Christmas. But he says in 1 Peter chapter 3 that we should put on the spirit of meekness as an ornament. You know what that means? It does not come naturally. That means that we're never going to be able to arrive and having this spirit of meekness unless we first put it on. But we're never going to come to the concern about the cares of others unless step one, and two, meaning being poor in spirit and mourning over sin comes about. Then number three will take place. But it is something that we struggle with daily to put it on. I think we understand this as a reality even in our own hearts where we've heard about the need of others but we're thinking this is the last 20 in our pocket you know there is a war that happens within us that uh, a desire in our hearts that we take care of i that we take care of self that we look out for ourselves first but he says there is a greater blessing to those who are poor in So, I mean, there's a greater blessing to those that are meek, who act unselfishly, giving care to others. Now, this flesh finds it hard to be meek, but when is it hardest, I would say, to be meek? If we put on meekness, if we put on the spirit of meekness, as Peter says, as an ornament, When is the hardest time for you to continue on with this spirit of meekness? When someone has wronged us. When someone's done us wrong, it is hard to even have concern for anything that they would even have going on in our lives. I was talking to a church member yesterday. We was going back and forth about um, the Old Testament a question they had. And as we was going back and forth, it stirred this thought up in my mind that, you know, we don't like to be meek upon those people who have wronged us. Yet, when we read the story of Joseph, we're reminded again of the spirit of meekness, sold off into slavery, abused, and all of these other things, falsely imprisoned. But when he found himself standing before his brothers when he found himself in second in command and his brothers were before him, what does nature say? You remember these guys, the ones who sold you off into slavery? Remember these guys who treated you poorly? Remember these guys who robbed you of uh, growing up with your father present, robbed you from being around your brother? That's what nature says. But when they, came before David, when they came before Joseph and they recognized that it was Joseph before them, what did Joseph say to them? As they trembled in fear, he said, am I in the place of God? Come near unto me. And what did he do? He fed them. He gave them wealth. He gave them help. And he sent them on their way. Even even in this, it is a great challenge to us. Blessed are the meek. This is an ornament in which we put on it as a characteristic in which we put on. And as we behave in this way, we are conforming to the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Meek to those who do wrong to us, meek to the world, even though we may stand in the place of right, a meek spirit. Even more, he goes on to say, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The next time someone wrongs us and we lash out, we must ask ourselves, Am I in the place of God? I mean, aren't you intrigued by that? Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, when the Lord tells them, he says, "Um, learn of me. Learn of me. Now, he doesn't tell them, learn of me and see all these miracles that I do. Learn of me as I Heal the blind. Learn of me as I uh, make the lame walk. Learn of me as I feed the five thousand. He says, learn of me for I am meek. Learn of me and how I behave in a perverse generation. Learn of me as I face enemies in this life. Learn of me as when people want to do wrong to me and will continue to do wrong. And in the end, we'll crucify him. Learn of me how I behave in this wicked world, learn of me. Because this meek spirit is what sets us apart from the world. And this is not a call to be weak, but this is a call to be humble. And this is a call to surrender our all to another, to our Lord and Savior. And when we do, we shall inherit the earth. Now, what is this? Inherit the earth. Remember, to the audience to whom he's speaking of. If you go back, I think it is in Genesis chapter 16, when God first made his covenant with Abraham, there was a land part to this covenant. When the Jews heard this, that they shall inherit the earth. They had been longing to inherit their land, all that God had promised them. Matter of fact, even today, (laughs) there is still a war over land in Israel. They still have not possessed all that God has promised them. For them, they said, we shall inherit the earth if we're going to be meek. God's already promised this to us. But he's not speaking about the geography of the Old Testament. When he tells them, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He's not speaking of that land, but he's speaking of the new heaven and the new earth. The new kingdom, that which is to come. How can you say this? Blessed are the Meek for they shall inherit the earth because a person who has lived their entire life focused on I and never surrendered to another who's never named Jesus Christ as Lord will never enter into the new kingdom. It is not the characteristic of the unsaved, but it is the characteristic of the saved. (laughs) Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Let's let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to even be in your word this morning as we study these Beatitudes, as we go through learning these challenging truths of what it means to have the right spirit, to have the right heart, to conduct ourselves in in the right way. Lord, I pray that you'll forgive us of all of our shortcomings, Lord. I pray that you'll forgive us from where we fail you, Lord. May you stir in our hearts a heart of the recognition of sin. Make us sensitive to our own sin again. Lord, bring it to our the forefront of our mind and heart, Lord, that we understand that the reason that we have not gone deeper is because we've given place to the sin in this world. Lord, I pray that you'll draw us nigh to you. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.